Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to the summit. And I am excited to be sharing a outside-the-box physician story featuring my co-founder and chief media officer, Dr. Amber Robbins. Welcome. Yay, thank you so much for having me <laughs> and talking about my life. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of fun to interview one another, but we're mostly going to just keep this as a conversation. And I always love hearing different parts of your story that maybe I, I hadn't heard before, even though we've known each other for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Amber, I'd love for you to just share with everybody a little bit more about yourself and where you are now and how you how you got there. Mm, that's a big question. So um, so yes, again, hi, I'm Dr. Amber Robbins Hickson for some of you all who may know my husband. Um, and I am currently in um, Rochester, New York. I work as a family medicine doctor in a family medicine program at Rochester Regional Health. There, I'm also the director for diversity, equity, and inclusion for the graduate medical education office. Um, I'm from Louisiana, though, (laughs) and uh, I came up to New York when I was a medical student, and they have just kind of had their hands into me ever since. (laughs) Um, But yes, um, from Louisiana, a sister, I have an older sister. My parents are still in Louisiana, hanging in there during COVID. Um, but yeah, I've done quite a bit in my career. I've, I, I, I'm grateful for that. A, different, a, a lot of different experiences pretty early on in my career um, where I've done quite a bit with media. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into that a bit more. But in medical school, I started writing for a magazine. I then in residency did um, a one month uh, rotation at ABC News where I was a part of the medical unit reporting on medical news. Um, I'm one of the very few, (laughs) very few fellow, um, uh, well, I was a fellow, I'm not a fellow anymore, that was years ago. Uh, But I was one of the very few who've gone through the fellowship program for health and media at Georgetown where I worked with PBS NewsHour and I've done quite a bit since then with publishing uh, different books and um, writing and helping others do all of the all of the things uh, because uh, honestly I feel like a lot of us can do it. It's just that you may not necessarily know the steps and um, you may not necessarily uh, really you know you might have some imposter syndrome there, some self doubt. So I will I'm open to talk about all of that. So Dr. Arshna asked me whatever questions you want. I told her she could ask me whatever, and I was like, oh. So, yeah, you know, there's so many interesting parts of your story and I kind of want to just take it back a little bit towards the beginning, right? And just how'd you decide to go into medicine and what field did you want to go to? And tell us about the match because I know that there's a story about the match too. Yes. So I, um, so I originally thought about becoming a, a physician when I was four years old. 
And the reason why I thought about that is because my dad was actually in and out of the hospital as a patient um, because of spinal cord injury that he had. So uh, we, me and my sister, my mom, we were always in the hospital um, with my dad, just kind of sitting there, seeing different doctors, nurses, physical therapists. Um, a, you know, a, a memory that I have is really seeing my dad um, uh, walk, trying to walk um, with the physical therapist and me just looking at him through the glass. Um, so though that really made up a lot of my childhood. Um, including with my grandmother in the nursing home. We worked in the nursing home a lot. So it, it was just like we, uh, my sister and I were kind of just kind of pushed into healthcare um, in, in different ways. And both of us work in healthcare in different ways. And so for me, originally, I wanted to be an OBGYN. And I think the reason why is because I used to watch the Discovery Channel and they had this show called Birthday. And that was where I was able to see women doctors because a lot of the doctors who took care of my dad were men. So I was able to see women doctors and really relate to them. And so when I went to medical school, I was like, mm, I'm gonna be an OBGYN. And that went all the way through medical school. I applied to OBGYN. That was the only residency program that I, um, uh, specialty that I applied to um, until when I got to the end of my sub-I, I was like, I don't know if I applied to the right specialty. And I already submitted my application and everything. I was like, oh my God. And it was because I realized what I wanted to do, um, I may not as easily be able to do it as an OBGYN um, because <laughs> y'all are gonna laugh at this. I was not as excited about delivering babies. <laughs> so I was like, that doesn't fit. I wanted to go and do different things with community and do things in like the OR and stuff like that. And I was like, this does not add up. I don't, I don't know why this doesn't add up. So fast forward to match day. Um, I got a call from my advisor um, uh, on the Monday of not match day, the Monday of match week. Um, and she told me, she was like, Amber, I'm so sorry you didn't match. And I said, what? <laughs> Say that again. You said, I didn't do what? Because I passed all my uh, exams. I did well on my rotations. And then she said, no, you didn't match. And I said, okay. And uh, talked with her about what my options were. And she was, she was saying, well, there are not that many programs for OBGYN that have availability in the SOAP where you're trying to scramble and get into a program. And so she was like, well, I think, you know, maybe family medicine may work for you. And I was like, dang it, I should have listened to my friend who told me to add some family medicine programs on, <laughs> on to my application. And so um, fast forward, I matched into family medicine. And during my intern year, I realized that that was the perfect specialty for me. It really bridged a lot of what I was doing when I was younger, where I was working in the nursing home where my grandmother was. I was able to be in the hospital. I was able to deliver babies, but I didn't have to deliver all of them. And I had backup from OBGYN, um, my colleagues there. And then I also was able to do things in the community and I was able to lean into media because I was contacted by my program director and um, another uh, family medicine doctor who's now the chair of the department <clears throat> that I worked in when I was a family medicine resident who told me to be on camera. They were like, oh, you're ready to be on camera. You know how you dress going to clinic. You can just do that and go on camera uh, for the local news. And so I did that, fell in love with it. 
And, you know, it's just kind of bloomed ever since. And so that moment where I didn't match, Arshana, the moment I didn't match, it really let me know that what I thought medicine would be doesn't mean that it has to be that way. And it actually can be even greater. And I can do all the things that I've always wanted to do. still enjoy seeing patients and also enjoy doing stuff like this with women in white coats or doing media and teaching people and um, really allowing myself to be the best version of myself. And it allowed me to realize that I am the only one that can put limits on myself even with medicine and its hierarchy and its, you know, um, isolation and different specialties and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, that doesn't necessarily have to be what life is about. Life can be about living and burning bright and really, really um, making your mark. And so by that single episode in my life where I didn't match into the specialty that I thought I wanted to be in, it really opened doors to even me doing the job that I'm doing now, um, where I'm teaching residents and loving it, uh, <laughs> even though I kind of pimp them sometimes in a nice way. Um, um, and I'm also able to advocate for women in medicine on uh, in a system uh, that is pretty big in Rochester. So it, it's, it's been an amazing ride. Just yeah. beginning, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's such a great story, Amber, because I think so many people could go through something similar. Maybe there's people listening, you know, who, who didn't match and um, this make that mean so much about them, about like, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that, you know, or make it into this thing of like, I'm an imposter, but I loved how you just really embraced it and you went with it. And then you saw the blessings that came from that too. And what allowed you to do that? What allowed you to kind of make that mental shift where, you know, you accepted that as a circumstance and then kind of went with it? Mm -hmm. That was a great question, uh, Dr. Arshina, who's also a journalist herself. Okay. (laughs) Um, What helped me make the shift is that I realized what happened to my dad. My dad had to, uh, he had to retire Um, in his 40s with disability. And so he was able to make that situation into a blessing for our family where he was at every dance recital, dance rehearsal, uh, volleyball game, uh, anything that we had, uh, he was able to be there and really made it something that um, made his life something that was even more meaningful than having to go to his uh, job and working nights and doing all these things. So he was really a big, big part of me saying, okay, life happens, but the story isn't over yet. Uh, This is just the beginning of something. And it's our job or my job in this case to really open my eyes and see, okay, what is who I call God trying to tell me in this? What is my life trying to show me in this? Um, Because, you know, bad things happen or, um, and in medicine, what we think is bad is not matching or um, having patients not do well, but, you know, we're not in control of everything. And sometimes we think that our way is the right way and and it's not. So seeing my my dad go through that, that really kind of opened my eyes to, okay, this happened and now what? And not, and now what in a bad way? And now what in an exciting way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's just so amazing how you just made that into a source of strength for you. You know, like, you're like, if I've gone through this, I can do a lot of difficult things in life and that you saw it as 
you know, taking that circumstancing circumstance and seeing it as something that could propel you in so many other ways. And I'd love to like hear more about some of the outside the box things that you've been doing because there aren't a lot of doctors doing much media work or certainly not that many who've published multiple books like you have. Um, so tell us more about how did you, you know, you kind of mentioned how you started getting on camera and then you did the uh, fellowship, the media, medical media fellowship. Um, but what kind of got you into the book writing? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm like pointing to my parents for a lot of stuff. I'm gonna give them credit for a lot, but they deserve it. My mom actually always said, Amber, you have a book in you. And I thought that was crazy. <laughs> As I always do, because she just says some stuff. I'm like, oh, mama, what? <laughs> um, but she always said that. And so in medical school, I told you how I was writing for a magazine. And in that magazine, I really depicted my life as a, res uh, as a medical student at that time. And I saw how so many people were interested in knowing about that. And it, it made me wonder, okay, if they're interested in knowing about this, and I feel like I'm at the bottom of the totem pole, then maybe there is room for my story to continue. And in order to get more people who look like me, both being a woman and um, also African-American, getting people to get into the field and know that they, they have a space, my job was to put myself out there. And so that's the reason, and that's why I've gotten into media is because I can say, okay, this is my story, not perfect, went through my ups and downs, and that pushed me to be able to do the things, all, uh, all the things in media. So from writing several books, self-publishing, helping other women doctors through the Chronicles of Women in White Coats, um, being able to really empower them and let them know how important their story is and how we need them to be able to tell their story so that we have more women in medicine and more supported women in medicine too. Um, that's super important because we can't just be there and, and then just not thrive. That's not, that's not an option for us here at Women in White Coats. We're all about thriving. Um, but being able to do that, that really is a thing. So um, connecting with people after, you know, I put myself out there. Uh, I love doing that because I think it's a freeing thing. M my job is to really help free people to realize what their gifts are. So putting out more books is one way to do that. Uh, being uh, on video like this is a way to do that. Um, but yeah, and being on television, that's a way to do that. So that's like my, my uh, <laughs> I guess my little sneaky goal that I have. <laughs> Yeah, and then what's cool is that you've really paid it forward too, you know, so you not only learned those skills for yourself and were on television and published in various different um, news outlets as well, but then you really uh, started to help others do that too and, you know, get, get other women doctors out there um, to be seen in the media and to share their stories. And so how did you get into um, being a media coach? Yeah. Interestingly enough, that happened by happenstance because someone um, asked me, like tapping on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm interested in doing this. Can you coach me? And I said, do a what? <laughs> and this was in residency. So then I was really like, wait, are you contacting the right person? <laughs> um, so it just kind of happened out of a need that someone had. And um, I've been able to coach um, multiple um 
a lot of doctors on how to do that. And so uh, those who have coached have been on um, things like from Bravo TV to um, the national news, NBC, um, wrote in New York Times, all these different things for their local and national news. So I just kind of fell into it. I mean, I, I really want to um, emphasize whenever you find something that you're passionate about, other people notice it. They take notice and you will be surprised at how many doors open. Because like for me, I was just trying to do my thing and say, okay, this is what I want to do. This is my lane. And then I was surprised because other people actually said, okay, yes, this is your lane. I want to make it my lane too. And, and just tell me, how did you get there? What do you do? How did you, you know, get the confidence to put yourself out there? Um, it's, it's an ever evolving thing. So, yeah. So somebody just, you know, tap me on the shoulder and say, do you want to do this job? <laughs> and that, only, that not only happened with media coaching, because I do media coaching for my hospital system too. <laughs> so um, just in a different way. So people see your gifts and they want to be able to, um, to, to, to learn from you. And so that's what happened. We hope you're enjoying this podcast episode. Let's take a quick commercial break. We don't want to see women doctors burn out. Instead, we want to see them burn bright. That is exactly why we created the Women in White Coats Physician Wellness Program to help women doctors overcome feelings of burnout, overwhelm, and exhaustion, rekindle their passion for medicine, and create better work-life integration and more fulfilling relationships. Sister Doc, we invite you to join us in a unique three-month-long journey back to yourself as we dive deep into the root of burnout and help you find more joy and fulfillment in all areas of your life. You'll even earn CME. To learn more, go to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash wellness and let's burn bright together. Now back to the episode. Yeah, and, and also um, a similar story with the leadership position that you're in now, right? If you want to share with people about how that happened, because I know that there's, I'm sure that there are many women doctors who are listening who would love to be in a leadership position. So maybe you could share with them a little bit about how that came about for you. Archana, Archana has been here throughout the journey because, uh, <laughs> wow, right? So can I say, uh, I am super grateful because my job was literally made for me twice. Um, so I was offered one job at one institution to be the associate dean for diversity, equity, inclusion for medical school uh, as well as the position that I'm in now as a director for diversity, equity, inclusion for the graduate medical education program for a, um, a community system. They made the job because they saw how passionate I was about making sure that we are equitable in what we do in medicine. 
um, that we are inclusive and in how we treat people from all different backgrounds. And this is because the work that I, I did as a resident, as a fellow, as a part of Women in White Coats, they just saw the passion and they did the, okay, let me tap her on the shoulder. Do you want this job? I am still amazed that that happened. And you know what, you see it will happen once. Okay, you know, like, yeah, they're trying to do me a favor. Okay, whatever. But the fact that they made the same job for me because they knew how interested I was and they made the same job twice for me. Um, it really uh, is a testament of if you let yourself go and grow and live and experience and really lean into all those passions, the doors will open and you have to be ready for when they open. So, um, so yeah, um, that's what happened. I applied. Uh, <laughs> I applied for the job, of course. You have to go through the whole thing. Um, but they had me in mind, even with the whole application process and what the job would entail. Um, and it was based off of my strengths and what I knew I could do for the hospital system um, and even the medical school. And now my job, and I didn't even mention this, so my job is expanded. So I'm not only over the residents and the fellows, I'm also over the medical students too, who are now a part of our hospital system. So it was an ever evolving thing. Um, and I'm just grateful to just be at the table. I'm like, teach me <laughs> to all of the different people who are above me. I'm like, teach me all you can, because um, I just want to make sure that again, things are good for women in medicine. Things are good for minorities in medicine. We need more minorities in medicine, but that we're not limited and that everyone knows that they feel valued. I always say that people want to be not only seen, they want to be heard, they want to be acknowledged as well. And so if we're able to be able to, uh, to step and sit at the table to do that and say, this is your space to do that, what power that can be in medicine, that, that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, so that's, that's what they saw that I could do. And apparently that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. And just stepping into that authenticity of like, what are you passionate about? What really drives you? What motivates you? What makes you angry? What do you need to stand up for too? Right. Because I think, mm -hmm. um, that, that also makes us really perfect advocates for other people when we've gone through things where like, this is not right. This shouldn't have happened this way. I'm gonna make sure this doesn't happen to other people. Exactly, exactly. And I always see women in white coats as like equipping our soldiers to go in and be able to uh, fight for what we need in medicine um, because it doesn't have to be a malicious place. It doesn't have to be a place that we, um, you know, feel as if, okay, why am I doing this? You know, this is just a waste of my life and all those things. We have to change the system. A lot of times medicine, people go into medicine for various reasons to help other people, but changing the system. But then even in order to do that, we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. In order to do anything to advocate for anyone, you have to make sure that at home is okay. And so that's what we really focus on here. So um, you all who are listening to this are a part of a bigger picture. I want you to know that. And the gifts that you have inside of you are not only for you, but they're for people who may be right on side of you, your sister doc, um, your future sister doc. And so that, and, and know that you matter, 
And our job is to remind you that, yes, you can be overwhelmed, but we're going to have to pull you out of that for you to be able to see why you were created, what your purpose is, that you can be confident in that. Because I know sometimes I thought it was super crazy. I'm like, I want to write a book. <laughs> I want to be on television. I want to do this and that. Oh, it's not crazy. It was, it was, that seed was planted inside of you for a reason. And so our job is to help harvest that. It's, it's to get to your harvest season. Uh, I truly believe that. And Women in White Coats is, is a phenomenal, it has been a phenomenal gift to Archana and I. We've done a lot of things and we'll talk about that too. I'm just trying to go into a lot of different conversations we'll give to you all this, uh, this week. But um, yeah, it's about finding your purpose about figuring out where you can burn bright. And honestly, it's already figured out. It's just you letting yourself do that. And that's what I have allowed myself to do. Just be able yeah. to burn bright and shine. Mm -hmm. And also just like accepting that, you know, we think that there's going to be this straight path to where we are, we're, where we're trying to go. But most of the time is very windy, lots of turns, lots of like, is this where I'm supposed to go? A lot of like, you know, thinking about, is this, is this the right direction I'm headed in? So maybe you could talk to that too, like about the different places you've worked or the different modalities in which you've worked in and how maybe it wasn't always a straight path. So, okay, let me preface this by saying I am a stereotypical millennial in some ways. Okay. <laughs> So when I finished residency, I started off in private practice. I realized there I wasn't able to do all of the other things that I like to do. So then I transitioned to another practice and I realized there that the things that I would like to do were, uh, what did they what did they say? Uh, it was, uh, what is it, Arshana, when you go against with a- uh, Going against the grain? I was going against the grain but a conflict of interest. Conflict of yes. interest, yeah. So I couldn't be able to um, uh, really publicize myself as an independent person from that institution. So I stayed there throughout my contract. And then I realized COVID happened and I needed to step back, take a break and try to figure out what I wanted my path to be. And so um, during that time, I did telemedicine. And uh, from there, I continue to, you know, really chip away of what I want to do, where I want to go, and um, how I was going to be able to function as a physician, as well as an entrepreneur. And so I talked with a lot of my mentors who said, well, Amber, you know, you're a teacher. I don't know why you're fighting it. <laughs> and I was like, because y'all don't pay as much. And then they said, but now we do. And I said, okay, well, I'll finally be a teacher then. Um, so, um, and that's what I love. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love up and down love. I love my residents. I love my program. Um, and, and I've always known that that would be the place that I would end up being able to teach residents. I, even when I was in private practice, um, I would teach anybody. <laughs> I was telling the medical assistant, come on, you want me to teach you about what we really look at for a UA to tell us a UTI and do this? <laughs> I would teach all the time. And so again, my mentor said, well, why don't you get paid for what you love to do? And I, and, uh, and they were so right with that. Um, so yeah, so uh, I ended up being in a teaching program. Um, in residency, I was a part of the Society of Teachers and Family Medicine. I was on the board of directors for the Society of Teachers and Family Medicine. So it's like a natural pipeline that I tried to run away from, but now I'm back and I love it. Love it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's totally natural, right? Like it can take some experimentation, you know, like trying different things to find the right fit. 
And I think, and that's completely okay. I think sometimes we need to give ourselves permission to give things a try because sometimes we don't know until we're there. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay, now I see what this is like. This setting is like this and this setting's like that. And what I really want is over here, you know? And so it, it it's okay to have that process and to allow ourselves to have that because sometimes we think, oh, I should have gotten it right on the first try, you know? But no, that was part of what you need to go to through to realize that you actually really do love teaching and that you really do want a leadership position and you wanna do also these other things as well, like with the media work and entrepreneurship as well and just finding that right fit. And sometimes it just takes a little trial and error and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yes, and being okay with people poking and prodding your CV and saying, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Um, a lot of times people in medicine want you to be on that track of, okay, you do A, B and C and then that gets you to D, nah. Um, that gets you trapped. <laughs> that gets you trapped in the system and doing things that you don't want to do. Um, and so I recognized that early when I didn't match, I recognized that the system was broken um, and I did not want to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of a, um, a system or be able to create a system that really embodies everybody's uniqueness and what everybody loves to do. Because if you love what you're doing, then it's easy to go to work. It's easy to uh, take care. It's easier to take care of patients because patients can be a lot sometimes. Um, but yes, so I, I mean, in retrospect, yes, that is definitely the case, Archana. Um, again, I thought that I was kind of all over the place, but I realized that I was actually doing the exact right thing by following my instinct, following my gut and following what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so one last question I just want to ask, just more on a personal note, is you're recently married, um, and I'd love for you to share about that aspect of life in terms of how life has changed. You know, I think that we go through so many different seasons of life, and um, being a newlywed is a different season of life, and you're also married to a doctor, so I'd love for you to share about that um, and how that's impacted, you know, how, how your career as well as just life in general. I'm over here like, girl, do you want to get, <laughs> it has been interesting. So not only am I married to a doctor, I'm married to a resident. He's a resident physician. So that in itself has required a lot of patience. Cause I'm like, come on, dude, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so it has been a gift uh, to be able to be with my husband, uh, John, Dr. Jonathan Hickson. Um, he is, and Archana know this, and, and some people who've come to our events know this about him too. He is a hoot. He is. <laughs> so if, if I'm like more a straight line, he's just like all over the <laughs> But I love him. I love him for it because he keeps me, he keeps me grounded and keeps me laughing for sure. Even when he's not here, right? So um, yes, so I'm a newlywed. We just made our one year. I don't know if I'm newlywed anymore. We just made our one year anniversary a couple of weeks ago. And so we had to go through COVID, you know, basically me and him. Um, he had to be my support. I had to be his support. And I continue to do, we continue to do that. 
Um, we've had to go through several moves. So we moved together, obviously, um, uh, when we first got married. And then we had to move to upstate New York when he started residency. And, you know, I really think that it's made our marriage um, stronger. Uh, we had to look at each other. <laughs> we had to talk to each other. And, um, you know, because we couldn't go out and do the stuff that we normally would do. <laughs> Um, but it, it's been really good. It is definitely hard to be with another physician. A lot of times I don't want to bring work home. I don't want to talk about a case. And even if it's interesting, I just kind of want to turn off. And we've been able to, to kind of come to an agreement when that's the case, then we can do that. Uh, or I'll let them just get it out, whatever the case was. And then I might even go from not wanting to hear it and then to asking him, well, did you do this? Did you consider this? And it, it, it actually becomes a lot of fun in the end. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, I've had to wake up at four in the morning because my husband is a resident on inpatient medicine. And that's just what we have to do. Uh, you know, when he wakes up, I would wake up just because that's what we're used to. But it's 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 been interesting. It's been an interesting transition. Um, and I know it'll continually be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see his growth in medicine as well. Um, and his love for medicine is, is in, infectious. So I, as, as he uh, really develops and learns more, you know, he teaches me a lot, even though I'm... <laughs> I've been out of residency for almost five years now. Um, but yeah, so we are newlyweds. Um, we had to postpone our uh, honeymoon. We were married during COVID. Um, we had to downsize our wedding to from 200 to 50. Um, and we, we wanted to kind of push things forward. And, you know, we were able to go on a honeymoon before COVID numbers went up again. And yeah, we've been doing good. That's awesome. Yeah, I heard something really beautiful the other day, which is that, you know, when you're married, it's like every day you make a decision to just love each other, right? It's not just like you fall in love and then you're good to go, live life happily ever after. But um, I've been married for close to, well, 14 years, so getting close to that 15 year mark. But um, it's like every day you just decide I'm going to love them or like every so often when you're like, mm, love, lovey-doveyness is sort of <laughs> fading away, but, um, this is where I want to be like with my husband and with my family. And this is the life I want to create and being intentional about creating that even when in your situation where you're very, um, time limited, right. Cause I'm sure, um, John is like very busy with his residency schedule and everything like that, but, um, I think you guys are such a beautiful couple and you really are so comp complimentary to one another and just, you know, brighten up the room whenever people see you together. So I, I love, I love you guys as a couple. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. People say we're like an old couple, like an old married couple. <laughs> so it is entertaining <laughs> when we're around each other. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And he was actually at our first book launch for the Chronicles of Women in White Coats. I was dating him then. <laughs> so yeah. a lot has happened since that time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's what's so cool about women in white coats is that, um, you know, we have women who are part of our tribe who are in all different seasons of their life, you know, people who are single, people who are married and newlyweds, people like me have been married a little bit longer and people who've been married for like 20, 30 years or who are early career, mid-career, late career, and there's space for all of us here. And um, that's what we're trying to create is just a community of 
women doctors who really just want to uplift and empower one another, evolve and grow into the best version of themselves as well, and really change the culture of medicine and realize there's space for all of us in all our different shapes and forms as women doctors and all the different seasons that we go through. Um, so I think uh, it's very helpful for everyone to hear your story and where you're at and the things you're going through now, because I know there'll be some people who relate to that. And then there'll be people who relate to some of the other stories that they're going to hear as well. So thank you so much, Amber, for sharing your story and being so open and honest about um, all the different things that in your experiences, you know, all the different experiences that you've had that have really enriched your life. Yes, thank you. Hi there, Women Docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual Doctors Lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.